0: Good morning, everybody. It's your host, Mark Trimble, and this is the MK Journal Podcast. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning, and right now it is 81 degrees outside. Not too bad. Um, headed to work now. To have a great day, as well as I hope everybody else has a great day today. Hopefully, I'm able to give you some energy as you listen, uh, as you go throughout your day, whatever time it may be that you decide to listen. Anyway, today, uh, just to kind of, you know, as the first episode of this new podcast, I'm just going to explain a little bit. how this is gonna work and then go into what I was able to glean from my devotions this morning. Um so as as I said in the intro really it's just gonna be me driving to work so the sound quality is not gonna be the greatest. Um the very the time may differ uh depending on my drive and I'm not really gonna have anything prepared as far as like an outline of what I'm going to talk about, or anything like that. It's really just going to be me talking about what I learned. Um, so it may be a little choppy, a little clunky, but hopefully, uh, the longer I go on uh, doing this podcast, it'll get better, and uh, we can make the experience better for everybody who listens. Really, this is all is just me uh, trying to share with anybody who's willing to listen what the Lord has blessed me with this morning through my devotions. I'm not somebody who claims to be super knowledgeable or super spiritual, super spiritual or anything like that. I don't claim to have a special understanding of God's word, but I really just have a desire to be able to share with you what I learned. And also this is kind of a accountability partner to me. Um, because I'm not going to get out, get on and record a episode without reading my devotions first. So really this is more starting out this is more for me than it is for anybody else to keep me accountable so that I have uh a kind of motivation on top of just being a better Christian and and having a better walk with God uh so that, so that I have motivation to read my Bible more consistently than I have. So uh, today I read John chapter 14 and John chapter 15 um, and really there was a lot in there. I was able to, I was able to get a lot out from it really it was really just basic stuff and if, if, if you read through those chapters I guarantee you that you probably would get the same things that I'm getting as well so this isn't anything new it's not anything crazy special it's not something that I just found out it's something that everybody can really relate to and everybody can understand just by reading the word itself so uh John chapter 14 there's a couple verses that jumped out to me uh so just pull it up real quick just give me a couple seconds Uh I wanna make sure that I'm quoting the scripture right. Um so first off, just just in in John chapter 14 verse 1, it talks about let not your heart be troubled. Uh in the time that we're in right now with the coronavirus going on, um this is really important because God really does say in his word a lot to to believe in him, to trust in him. Let you not let not your heart be troubled you know, have faith in God. And it's something that we all know. Like we all read this verse and we're like, oh yeah, you know, let down your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. But we fail to really put that put those words into action. Because a lot of believers, surprisingly, and, and not surprisingly, um, kind of throw this out the window once everything crashes down on them. Once their world crashes down, they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And they immediately look towards people instead of looking towards God to help them get through this time. Um, and that's, that's, that's really what's crazy because there's so many verses in the Bible that, that God talks about not being, not having a spirit of fear, but of faith and putting our faith in God and believing in him and trusting in him. But that's something that really a lot of our, us, including me lack. Um, because we say those things and we read those words and we say that, believe, believe in God. We say that we have faith in him but the, But then when the trials and testings truly come and when things happen that put our faith, uh, that strain our faith, we oftentimes fail, um, to put our faith into action. Uh, And that it's sad. Um, but it's something that that we can definitely work on myself included. Um, so that's just one thing that you guys need to think about as well as I'm thinking about something that jumped out to me this morning while I was reading, uh, that really helped me kind of, uh, reaffirm my faith in the Lord just to, to put those things into practice, uh, as, as we, uh, go through this time. Um, the next thing that I want to point out is uh... sorry, one second here I'm probably definitely going to bring an outline for this oh, that's right I have one in my notes um, I'll edit this out so nobody's going to be able to hear this anyway before as I pull up my notes office uh... Notes, notes, notes. There we go. Woo. Okay. It needs to It's not syncing. Cool. That's awesome. Okay, I'll go look in my email. letter email. okay so verse 12 verse 12 of chapter 14 it says verily verily I say unto you he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father so when I read this it really jumped out to me because for those that don't know, I am called to the ministry, full-time Christian service. But more specifically than that, I am called to be a missionary. And uh, So one of my desires is to really be able to do something great for God. Um, I don't want to be a small church preacher. I want to have a big church. and Not because of the popularity that may come from a preacher who has a big church. But because what a bigger church is able to accomplish for the Lord, because of the size that it has, because of the amount of people that are there, because um, the amount of money that is willing to go through, that goes through those big churches to reach others, um, I want to have. Uh, this is just you know, from my understanding right now, I want to have a big church because I believe that bigger churches are able to do more for God. And that's my main motivation for having a big church or working up to getting a big church to building a big church whenever I go to the field is because I want to be able to do something great for God. A lot of times we see great men of the, of the past were pastors of big churches that they were able to achieve great things for the Lord um, through their own lives, but also through the works that they built. Um, so that's one of the desires, uh, that I want, that I have, uh, I want to do something for, great for God. And this verse really affirms that we are, every Christian is, has the potential to do something great for God. Um, because he that believeth on me, it says the works that I do, shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do. So God says you can do great works just like I did when I was here on earth and you can do greater works than these. But the but the key there is that he, he that believeth on me. So the key here is faith. We have to have faith in God first. And the more faith that we have in him, the greater works that we'll be able to do through him. Everything everything in the Bible is talking about God. Everything that is in the Bible points us back to God, um, and, and believing in Him, having faith on Him. So we're not going to we're not going to be able to do anything without God, without faith in God. You know, the Bible talks about um, all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Um, so nothing is impossible without God, and through Him, all things are possible. There's some that. Again, this is one of those things that we see every day, or not every day, but we see oftentimes to our walk as Christians, <clears throat> and even uh, even people who aren't saved talk about, oh, you know, just having faith in God, believing in Him, all things are possible. But the reality of the situation is that we lack faith in God. We lack the kind of faith it takes to be able to do something great for God, and then we lack the discipline that it takes to have that kind of faith in God. You know, these great people of the past, these great people in the Bible, weren't able to achieve the great things that they were able to achieve because of their own actions or their own works. They were able to achieve the things that they were able to do because of their faith in God, and their faith in God came from their personal walk with God and the discipline that they had in their everyday lives to achieve the personal walk that they had with God. Example, waking up or just uh, having your personal relationship with the Lord. Um, That takes discipline. Uh, My pastor wakes up at 4.30 every morning, regardless of what time he goes to bed, He wakes up at 4.30 every morning spending time with God. And that's something that truly takes a ton, a ton, a ton of discipline. Because I'll tell you one thing, I do not have the discipline to wake up at 4.30 to read my Bible. Right now, I'm I'm struggling to wake up at 5.30, 5 o'clock to be able to spend time with the Lord. Uh, And that's nowhere near as hard as waking up at 4.30 because you have to go to bed a lot earlier to be able to wake up at 4.30 and feel rested and still go throughout the day. So that's something that we see. And, and, and I believe that a lot of other men of God also woke up early in the morning to spend time with God because that's the quiet, usually the quiet time of the day. Um, and the reason why it's the quiet time of the day is because nobody's crazy enough to wake up at 4.30 in the morning Unless it's for work or something like that. I used to work, uh, I used to have to go into work at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I'd wake up at 3 o'clock. Now I have the discipline to wake up at 3 o'clock, get ready to be able to go to work. Because that was my job. And sadly I put, I had more, dis- I have more discipline to do something that I'm going to get paid for than to do something that is just to build my relationship with the Lord. And, and a lot of Christians are like that. A lot of the Christians can relate to that. Um, and I and it's it's not something that is easy to do. So I don't think that you should feel bad about not being able to do it. But I do think you should have a desire to do it. You should have that desire to be. And you don't have to wake up at 4.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, or at 5 o'clock in the morning. You just have to have a time in your day where you spend time with God. You know, um, my pastor recommends that being the first thing you do in the morning. Uh, and I, same thing I recommend too. Make it the first thing you do in the morning. Make the first thing you do in the morning your, is the first thing you do in the morning to be your time with God. So you're giving him the first. You, same thing as you give him the first day of the week to worship him, to serve him. Um, same thing as you give the first 10% Of your income, you should to to him, you know, as your tithe. And also, I believe this is the first thing you should do as when you wake up in the morning. You know, Uh, it's all about giving God the best part of you. Um, That you you may say, well, you know, me waking up in the morning isn't the best part of me. You need to wait. I need you know wait a couple hours, and that's the best part of me. But it's the action. Uh, also, one thing about waking up early in the morning is the action of going through that discipline. You know, it's it's not easy, like we say. You know, it's not easy to wake up early in the morning to have devotions with God. And I think that makes it that much more meaningful to the Lord that you're, a, that you're willing to wake up early in the morning, even though it's not comfortable, even though it's not easy, just so that you can spend time with Him. I think it... <clears throat> it it tells him how much more you're wanting to spend time with him rather than just doing it at a time later on the day when you're awake and when you have time and and, uh, when you can make time for it, you know. So that's something that's really uh, important. The next thing that I want to look at here uh, is something that I realized in verse uh, 13 and 14. I think that we as Christians often think that God will never will always, oh not well, that God will answer all our prayers if we ask. So, uh, for reference, it says in verse thirteen and fourteen, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, and that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Verse 15, if ye love me, keep my commandments. I think all of these verses go hand in hand. So a lot of times we we read, uh, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. And then we stop there. So we're thinking just from that. Oh, so I just have to ask and God's going to do it. Well, to my understanding, you know, obviously I'm not a scholar of the Bible. But just from my understanding of this verse... I think that, yes, all you have to do is ask him. But I also think there's a lot more that goes into that. One, I think that you can't just live a sinful life or, you know, do whatever you want and then ask God for whatever it is you want and then expect him to answer it, you know? So live live like a horrible person and then ask God for a million dollars and, and just because you you're saved and you believe in him, he's going to give you a million dollars. You know, that's, I don't, that's never the case. Uh, so if we, if you read the second half of that verse, it says, um, or, uh, sorry, let me find it here. Um, that the father may be glorified in the son. So I think that's one of those clauses that goes hand in hand so whenever you're reading you know a deal that's going on they have the deal but then they have the clause hey it's 50 percent off but then it has a little star asterisk thing um for only this brand not including these brands or whatever i think that this is kind of the from my understanding at least i think this is kind of the asterisk there like uh he says, Whatsoever ye ask in my name, that will I do. And then, disclaimer here, that the Father may be glorified. So, it's not just ask whatever you want and I'm going to do it uh, just because you want it. I think it's more of ask for the thing, ask for what you want, but it also has to glorify me. It also has to glorify the Father. Now, I may be wrong. I always bounce these things off of my pastor. Um, so that if I'm wrong on something, uh, he can correct me on it or expound upon it, and and, and uh, if I am wrong, then I will come on the podcast tomorrow morning and explain further about this. Um, but just from my initial understanding from reading it, <clears throat> I think that's the case. You know, I think uh, you can't just live a rotten, dirty life and then ask God for whatever you want; He's going to give it to you. I think one, you have to live a life that's worthy of God listening to you, worthy of God answering your prayers, you know, uh, just like a parent's not going to give their child whatever they want just because they're their child. You know, um, my parents weren't like that a lot of times. If I asked for something, if I was a bad boy, if I wasn't obeying them, if I was, you know, being rebellious or anything like that, they weren't going to give me anything, you know, but if I was a good boy, then I had a whole lot more my chances of getting what i asked them for was a lot bigger because i was obeying them i was following what they're doing i was being good boy and i think that's what it is part of what he's talking about here you know you got to be a good christian you got to follow him you got to do what he wants you to do and do what he does when he tells you to do it but also it has to be something that glorifies the father um so just uh, thinking about that whenever you're asking God for prayers, because a lot of times Christians will pray for something and they get disappointed because God's not answering their prayers. Well, you know, first check out yourself. You know, are you somebody that's worthy of God answering your prayers? Or if you have you been living in a way that, you know, you think that God would be okay with answering your prayers because you've been uh, a good Christian, you've been living... Uh, the best you can as a Christian and trying to honor and glorify him and everything, or have you been the complete opposite? And if you've been the complete opposite, then don't even, don't even think about, uh, him having him give you the million dollars that you asked about because, uh, I guarantee you, he's not going to give it to you. The next thing I want to talk about is in verse 15 and verse 23. Um, I me mean, read there really quick. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's verse 15. Verse 23 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So the first thing that jumped out to me here was the word abode. My pastor preached on a, a sermon about the Lord abiding with you. Um, and I can't recall it off the top of my head. I have to go, go back and look in the notes that I took um, but it stood out because of that message. And I remembered that it's important when we see in the Bible that God says he He abides with you or, or he abode with somebody because we see a lot of people in the Bible who were blessed enough to have God abide with them. And we see there's a lot of things that go, that come with that. So one, if you love me, keep my commandments. I think that that's a, one of the requirements that it is to have the blessing of God, having God uh, abide with him. Um, And it says in verse 23, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him. So really we got to see here, you know, what does it take? The the question is asked uh, or the question comes to mind. So, so if I want God to abide with me, because if God abiding with me is such a good thing, you know, he's going to love me, which God loves us unconditionally, but he's, he's, I will receive all these blessings because God's abiding with me. What does it take to have God abide with me? Well, one, you know, it takes love. You got to love God. A lot of Christians say they love God. You know, when you ask a Christian, hey, do you love God? I guarantee you every single Christian is going to say, yeah, I love God. But really, you know, what is loving God? You know, what how... How do you show God that you love them? Think about it. When you're dating somebody, if you're dating somebody, or if you're if you're married, if you have a wife, you, you want to show them that you love them. So what do you do? Well, one, you know, if they have any requests, you, you want to try to fulfill those requests, right? You know, if your girlfriend or your wife wants to go out to eat, Then you want to take them out to eat because why? Because you love them, you know, or if your girlfriend wants to go shopping, your wife wants to go shopping, even if you don't enjoy shopping, you go shopping because why you're proving to them that you love them, even though they know that you don't like to go shopping and you go shopping, that's you proving your love to them. It's the same thing with God. it's not in the same context of, of, well, it's not in the same sense of, of, you know, somebody you're courting, but it's the same principle. How can you say you love God, but not do what God commands you to do? How can you say that you love God, but when he tells you, but not obey God with what, with the commandments that he has in his word? You know, the Bible says, if you love me, keep my commandments. So you can't have God abide with you unless you prove your love to him. And how do you do that? By obeying Him, by keeping His commandments, and by doing things that show you love Him. So, just something to keep in mind. The great thing about having God abide with you is all the blessings that come with it. And I could name several things that come with having God abide with you. And there's several people in the Bible that we see That had really close personal walks with the Lord. And because they had such great walks with the Lord. And because the Lord abode with them. They had so many blessings. That they were able to receive. Because they were so close with God. And because he abode with them. Um, And I can't name them right off the top of my head. I could think of uh, a couple people. Enoch walked with God. Uh, You think of. He didn't. It was, it's interesting because he's one of the few people that God didn't allow to go through death you know God took Enoch with him to heaven and it's it, it was simple because all Enoch had to do was have a walk with God but it was complicated in the fact that it's not that easy to have that kind of walk with God but that's one person another person I think of that had such a good relationship with the Lord was, was Abraham, you know, several times the Lord meets with Abraham. So I think the Lord abode with Abraham. I believe that. And we see all the blessings that Abraham was able to receive because of that. So it's not just you're obeying God and you're not going to get anything in return. No, like you having God abide with you is going to bring so many blessings upon your life. That you're not going to be able to, you know, count them all. We could stay here for a long time and talk about all the blessings that God gives us already. And the, all the blessings that you receive with the Lord abiding with you. But we'd be here for a long time. So we're going to move on to the next thing. Verse 31. Uh, let me read that for you of chapter 14, verse 31. It says, but that the world may know that I love the father. And as the father gave me commandment, even so I do arise, let us go. The interesting thing about this verse is this is the Lord speaking. And it says, but that the world may know that I love the father. So God's doing, you know, God's living a perfect life on earth. He's obeying the Lord's commandments and he's going to eventually die on the cross for you and me. So that we can have a way to get to heaven. He's doing. He lived the way he lived. And he did what he did. One for us. But mainly for so that the world would know. That Jesus loved the father. And what's crazy about that is. Jesus and the father are one. They're the same person. But Jesus humbled himself. To live a life that glorified the father. And because he loved the father. Let's go hand in hand with with the verses that we were just reading, and as the, he says, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. He's doing those commandments because he loves the Lord. He's being that example for the Christian. It says, you know, I love the Lord, so I'm going to do His commandments, even though eventually down the road I'm going to be hung upon the cross because of because of because I'm following God. Um. Jesus was God, but yet he lowered himself to obey the Father, even though he was in the, has the same position, even though he's the same person, he lowers himself to obey the Father, even though the consequences that are come that are going to come with that is death. I believe he does this to show us to give the Christian an example of the person that, the, the type of Christian that we need to be. Because really, if you think about that, if you think about it, this is what we should want to be able to say. We should want to be able to live our lives so that the world may know that I love God. And because I love God, when he gives me a commandment, that's what I'm going to do. And there at the end, it says, arise, let us go hence. And that's, I think that's important because... It's kind of saying, okay, this is what God told us to do. Now, come on, let's go do it. It's not, okay, God told us to do this, and I'm going to do it in a second here. No. All right, let's get up and go do it. Um, That's super, super important. And it's such a blessing to see the example that Christ gives us. When he shows us how we should live as Christians. Because that's what he's doing here. He's giving us an example. Of the way we should live our lives. Um, so moving on to the next chapter. Really it's just. Expounding upon the previous chapter. It's so great. Uh, chapter 15 verse 2. Uh, I'm going to read there real quick. It says every branch in me. That beareth not fruit. He taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit. He purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So this is really important because something that Christians fail to realize is that when you get saved, your life is not going to be all roses and unicorns. And we know that in the back of our heads, but whenever something does happen to us, we're like, oh, well, why did this happen? I've been a good Christian. I've been following what God wants me. To. I've been following God's word. I've been reading God's word, I'm spending time with God. I've been doing his commandments. I've been going on solely. So why am I going through this? And then why is my unbeliever friend having such a good life? And it seems like they're going, never going through anything. But me, a Christian, I'm the one that's struggling over here. I'm the one that's going through these trials. I'm the one that has the hard life. Well, one, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. So if you're a Christian, you're not bearing fruit. It's only a matter of time before the Lord decides to take you because if you're a Christian and you're not bearing fruit, you're really not worth anything to the Lord. Yes, he loves you. He cares about you. He wants you to be a Christian that bears fruit. But if if you think about it from a person who owns a vineyard or a person who owns an orchard, if he has a tree that's not doing anything, why would he keep that tree alive? God gives us several examples of this. Of the fig tree when he's walking by and it's not bearing fruit. When he comes back and it's still not bearing fruit, what does he do? He curses it and it withers and dies. Because it's pointless for God to create something and it not to do what God created it to do. You forget that we're on this earth to give honor and glory to the Father. We were created for that purpose. Not for any other purpose. We are Creations of God to honor and glorify God. That is the whole purpose of our lives. So, for us not to do that, what's the purpose of our life then? But well, that's not really what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is what it says next is, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth, listen now, more fruit. So, you're a Christian. You're doing what's right. You're going soul winning. You're going to church every time. You're even going to those conferences during the week. You're reading your Bible. You're having a great walk with the Lord. You're learning more about him. And then all of a sudden a, a trial hits. And you're thinking, why? I've been doing so well. I was, everything was going so great. And now I'm going through this hardship. And I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Well, one, God's given you this trial knowing that you have the strength to get through it and that all you have to do is lean on him and ask for his strength and you will get through it. Second, he's bringing us through this trial. He gives us these trials so that we can become better Christians. He's giving us these trials so that we can, as it says here, bear forth uh bring forth more fruit so really all this is is him making us a better person you know i think about a diamond when you're creating a diamond at first it's not anything valuable it's just raw materials not anything valuable at all and it has to go through a trial of fire and pressure to be to come out as this valuable diamond that is valued by society today it wasn't just it didn't just appear it's not just randomly a diamond and then that's it no it had to go through fire and pressure and intense fire and intense pressure to come out looking like the beautiful diamond that it is today. And that's the purpose of the trials that we go through in life. God's giving us these trials so that we can become better persons for Him. And that when we come out of that trial we become a beautiful Christian by going through these trials. You know, we become something more valuable afterward. And God's doing this for our good. You know, cause if you truly, if you're a good Christian, you truly love God and you truly want to serve him the best you can, this is the most valuable thing that you can go through. This trial is one of the most valuable things you can go through. Learn from it, learn what God's trying to teach you so that when you come out of that trial, you can become a better person so that you can serve him better. Cause that's what it's all about. Going back to our purpose here on earth is to honor and glorify God. So if by going through this trial, I'm going to become a better person. and going to be able to honor and glorify God even better than I am currently. Then this trial is one of the most valuable things that I'm going to go through in my, in this life, because it's going to make me a better person. It's going to make me a better Christian. And it's going to give me the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to serve him better and to honor and glorify him better. So just think about that, you know, and, uh, that's, that's really the main thing that I got out of this chapter here. Um, if you go down to the next eight verses, it talks about God, us abiding in God and him abiding in us that goes in coincides with the, the previous chapter. And, and when it talks about, when I talks about God abiding in us, it goes hand in hand. he mentions abide in me. Uh, and, and I, and you, and he mentions the word abide several times throughout these, these scriptures. And, uh, as we, God doesn't put the, a word in the Bible that many times without it being important, without it being something that we have to pay attention to. So really just like I was talking back in the in the in the last chapter about abide, that same principle applies here in these verses. So I'm not going to talk about it again because, really, it's just the same thing. But because it appears so much, something that you have to pay attention to, something that you really have to grasp, the importance of having the Lord abide in you. Don't think, don't take it for granted. Don't, underrate it because it's super important, as in our Christian lives to have the Lord abide in you. Anyway, that's pretty much it. Uh, I hope you guys learned something from today. I hope I was able to be a blessing to you. I was. I hope I'm able to convey some uh, energy out to you this morning as you're going to work, baby, or as you're going through your day. I really hope that I'm able to be a blessing, and I hope that what I was able to share with you today is help you is something that's able to help you through whatever you're going to go through today or whatever you're going through currently in your life at this point uh take care god bless and i will see you tomorrow bye-bye